Hello and welcome. You are listening to an informed take on current events brought to you by law students and staff of Queen's University Belfast. This is LawPod. Hello and welcome to another episode of LawPod. My name is Megan Hoyt and I am a PhD researcher in the School of Law at Queen's University Belfast. Today I will be in conversation with two fellow Queen's Law students, Hannah Campbell and Kristen Wallace. Hannah has just finished her LLB and Kristen is in the final stages of her LLM. Together, Hannah and Kristen have begun a campaign to raise awareness of street harassment and are pushing for it to be criminalized. I am delighted to have them both on the podcast to speak in more detail about their campaign, how it got started and how it has developed. Hannah and Kristen, welcome to LawPod. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you so much. Really excited to have you both here and to talk about this really important topic. I'm going to jump right in. I'm really interested in the background to this campaign. Many young cis women or anyone who presents or identifies on the female end of the gender spectrum will recognize the experience of being harassed in public spaces. But we are often told to ignore it or accept it as just a part of life. Why did you both decide to do something more visible? Kristen, if you want to start. Yeah, so it kind of, if I lead it back to when we did our Erasmus, so we were final year law students and we decided to go to Maastricht in the Netherlands. So while we were at the School of Law there, we actually did a module called Crime and Criminal Policy. And one of those modules, our assignment was actually to research street harassment. So myself and Hannah were sitting in a coffee shop, very European if I do say so, and we actually came across some articles. So we were reading these articles and we were thinking, God, we know what that is, but I never knew it had a name to it. I knew that when I was catcalled in the street, I felt like that it was there was something not right there, but we didn't exactly know what it was. So once we did our research, we kind of looked at the terms and definitions. And one of the academics we would kind of look up was called Holly Cairn. And um, she was one of the first people to ever actually coin the term street harassment. So we looked at the definitions and things like that. And it was something that always resonated with us. We thought... We know this is wrong, but we didn't actually know it had a name for a start and that it was actually a crime. So once we finished our semester in Maastricht, we came back to Belfast. And it was something that never really left our minds. We kept talking about it every opportunity. We would sit down. It would always lead back to the conversation of street harassment. And I think the awareness and education that we had over there, we really wanted to bring back. So we started to kind of come together and think, okay, how can we actually effectively put this across to our own society and how to let like especially girls know what this is so we decided then we were going to go on social media and we decided to go Instagram because I feel like for our age group that's exactly where we would go where we would find information and I think at that time as well we were very much aware that if you made something look quite pretty um, and you had a good message to get across people would entertain it they would look at it they would share it they would mm-hmm. really get involved with the idea so we thought we'll do that and that's kind of how we started with our first post of just saying uh, what street harassment was so that's where it all began really right so mm-hmm. that's simple and Hannah yeah. do you have anything to add from your perspective as to how it got started yeah it was just taking people on that same journey that we had been on and realizing this is street harassment these behaviors that we just accept as being not a normal part of being a woman and we just wanted to take people on that exact same journey and 
just tell people this isn't really normal behaviour and challenge. Why do we accept this? So that was, it's just exactly that. Yeah. And so from the Instagram posts and the sort of, you know, the sort of educational piece that you're doing, you know, putting it out there, what is this? Have you heard of this? Does this happen to you? Um, were you surprised about how the message was received and um, and where it went from there? Definitely. You know? yeah. yeah. I think it's, we honestly can't believe the support. Like in the past, it's almost been a year now and we can't believe the support. Like it has just been amazing from the get-go. Obviously timing comes into it too and certain events would kind of you would draw more attention to the Instagram than other times but it was received so well it really was I think yeah. that was our biggest fear too that it wouldn't really be received well and kind of we're both so sensitive aren't we we're like absolutely yeah I think and just to add to that as well there was such an element of anonymity that we really didn't want to put ourselves out there because I don't know about anybody else but especially coming from a small place like Northern Ireland there's just something that is instilled in all of us that we have this fear of being judged and I think as two young women as well we were really cautious of that and we didn't want to put our names uh, behind it so we were quite quiet in the fact that it actually was us and we told a kind of inner circle and close friends and family you know we're looking to maybe raise awareness on this issue but we're not really sure how it's going to turn out but once we started to put out the posts and we got the the reaction that we got I think then we really knew we could be proud of this and we could actually put our names behind it so it's really strange how like even the confidence growing from the support of those posts was just incredible Mm -hmm, definitely but it was definitely surprising I suppose the response like we didn't expect it to be as big and move as quickly as it has moved but I think that really does just come down to show that this is so needed these conversations are so important they're so needed in Northern Ireland because they're just there doesn't seem to be anything else before this you know Absolutely. And I'm interested in terms, again, of that sort of educational piece when you first started posting before, and we'll talk about this in a bit, the move to criminalization. Mm -hmm. But the education piece, were you talking about what exactly street harassment is? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And Kristen, I don't know if you want to start on this, but like, were you, were, were people coming at you and asking questions about what is this? You yes. know, what are the actions we're talking about? Absolutely, because it's all well and good when you hear the term street harassment. And mm. I suppose, in a sense, it's quite broad too. You, what exactly is it? Sure. So we would take, as I said before, a Holly Cairns definition, which uh, ranges from catcalling, wolf whistling, to leer and stalking, to more extreme forms of sexual assault within the street or public spaces. And it really is just to highlight the, it's the unwanted interactions within those public spaces. And then we took a step further then and kind of looked at, well, who does it affect? And we would always say, first and foremost, that it can affect anyone. It's not down to gender, sex or anything like that. It really can affect anyone. Um, But when we look at it more closely, we looked at who does it disproportionately affect? And then we get into women and minority groups and BIPOC community and the LGBTQI+. All those are quite significantly impacted by this. So that's mm-hmm. where that was our starting point of really getting across that message, mm-hmm. um, which was quite helpful then and letting people then make up their own mind and what they thought it was and then really think about their own experiences in the streets as well. Mm-hmm. And we would get a lot of questions then. Kind of people would send us DMs and they'd say, well, how do you react to street harassment? So we were kind of starting to put out that information then how do you react you assess your own safety first and foremost and if you want to address the harasser then do be quick say it quickly and move away but if you don't you always have to assess your safety I know speaking personally like most of the time I wouldn't say anything back just safety why you should be afraid um so that was something that we were kind of putting out then and then we started kind of do how to be a male ally the victims of street harassment and all everything was so well received yeah well that's really interesting so did you feel at all like 
all of these questions and DMs are coming at you. And did you feel equipped to deal with them? Or were you a bit overwhelmed by what was coming at you? Definitely. I think like there's definitely, we even say this sometimes because things do move so fast in campaigning we're kind of finding ourselves in positions where sometimes you look back you're like how did I get here like yeah. things because we are both we're both 22 and we're both still students you know so it is I suppose responsible to be taken on but at the same time like we both are so we're so careful about what we say we do we think through everything we do all the work behind the scenes and we're very careful about what we, we would say so I think I yeah and I think it's important to note here too that when we were receiving we would never receive anything threatening thank god but there was instances where we thought maybe we could be in a position that we might receive something and at the end of the day we're not trained we're not qualified we have just done a law degree that's all we have we are in no position to tell people what to do Mm -hmm. so I think at that moment we were also in contact with the charity NSPCC and it was the head of campaigns who actually directed us to do in safeguard training um, for online so we thought that was quite important Mm -hmm. to do especially because we are so aware that Mm -hmm. we are not equipped to give advice where it's we're not really in the position to give it Um, so we're very cautious when we do have people and it seems like we should be referring them to someone else Mm -hmm. or we would always put on helplines within our posts and I think that's quite important too Mm -hmm. um, that we do address that as well. Yeah that's really interesting to sort of find yourself in the middle of something that starts taking off and you realize Mm -hmm. like you've got to reach out to other organizations Mm -hmm. and things. And I'd like to maybe turn now to the role of criminalization within your campaign. Mm -hmm. So if it started off as something about, um, you know, almost consciousness raising or Mm -hmm. education, um, you're now very much pushing pushing for street harassment to be criminalized. Mm -hmm. Some feminist activists would be skeptical about the role of the criminal justice system within um, addressing Mm -hmm. gendered harms. And I wonder, could you talk a little bit about the benefits of criminalization? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think that's something that's really important to address as well because, like, unfortunately, the criminal justice system is notorious for not treating victims maybe as well as they should. But that's something that we think about a lot. Like, there obviously needs to be a huge cultural change, but we think legislation does complement that too. Even just having something in black and white like this exactly is wrong, just even as a deterrent, I think, is such is so beneficial. So that's something that we would advocate for further down the line. But of course, there is so much education and cultural change needed too. Like they have to go hand in hand. So that we would push for both. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like you said, the progression from education to criminalization and seeing it all a a Mm -hmm. part of the same sort of push for change. Definitely. Um, Kristen, do you have anything to add? Yeah, absolutely. Just to add to what Hannah said about the deterrence, I think Uh, speaking on my own behalf as a young female student in Belfast I don't feel safe personally on the streets I don't feel like I can walk at night when it's dark Um, uh, there was a few incidents in this year where we saw stabbings in October and I think this just highlights the fact that we don't have efficient street safety Um, and I think sometimes people need to know that it's a wrong the same way we would actually push for it to be put under as a public nuisance offence rather than the criminal kind of ways and rape and consent and things like that. Uh, we would actually want it as a public nuisance offence because the same way as littering, you could be fined on the spot. And that's not to say that we would want everyone to be fined on the streets, um, nor would it be practical for policing and things like that. But we do think if people see that it is a wrong, they are less likely to do it. And I think as well, if we look at what we would call like a pyramid of, of like sexual offences and things like that, street harassment is at the bottom and if we tackle street harassment if street harassment is considered a crime well then this could actually help 
to stop the other more extreme forms from progressing, such as sexual assault and rape. And I think when you look at, look at it like that and there's an opportunity to criminalise something that could potentially really hone in on society that this is a wrong and that must be stopped here, it will stop the more extreme forms from progressing. So that's why we would want it more as a deterrence, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's the only way really some people will see it, that it is a crime. Mm-hmm, definitely and the public nuisance offence as well if you have it done as a public nuisance offence it means there's no like lengthy formal complaints procedure so the victim wouldn't be dragged through like all these different procedures that would could be traumatising right. it would just be a quick fine and that's it right. moved on yeah and potentially helps with that educational piece as well like you said uh-huh. about sort of public nuisance and litter I mean you see um, you know billboards everywhere about about anti-littering exactly. and stuff like that you know so maybe you would if it was public nuisance you'd start to see an education campaign around that exactly. in public spaces exactly and that, like imagine seeing that like that deterrence everywhere right. like you wouldn't people wouldn't do it as much you wouldn't like, yeah absolutely and I think another point to add here is that it would also help with reporting right mm-hmm. Um people would understand what it is and that if they knew themselves it was a crime they could feel more inclined to report it and I think if you were able to report it you could actually look at locations is there a common thread of where this has actually taken place within a particular area yeah uh, are there like repeat offenders who are actually being caught doing this mm-hmm. and I think it would actually add to the statistics and the research which is completely under researched at the moment definitely. and I think that would actually help that as well definitely because at the minute for current harassment legislation in Northern Ireland it has to be two or more times you're harassed by the same person which is just it's I would say almost impossible to be honest right. like you're usually harassed by one person on the street and you never see them again through the whole stranger aspect yeah so even we get a lot of reports of people actually being in such a threatening situation that they have rang the police and the police say it's like they can't do anything, you know, right. like it doesn't fall under the legislation. So there does need to be some form of a mechanism there just so people can even report. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. The le- current legislation doesn't reflect lived experience. Mm, like definitely. How it actually yeah. Starts yeah. To happen. It does maybe for certain forms of harassment, but for street harassment, it doesn't cover. Yeah. yeah. And that's not to say either that we don't recognise that's quite hard to do as well mm-hmm. we're, we're not expecting the police or anyone to like be completely up to terms but, but it's a fact that you should be able to report it you, there should be a mechanism in place there that you should if you feel so under threat say if you're walking home that you should be able to pick up the phone and just say listen I don't feel safe this has just happened to me and you can't mm-hmm. do that currently and no. I there's something especially as a female a young female that just doesn't sit right with me yeah. that I wouldn't be able to do that mm-hmm. it's quite daunting it's quite off-putting almost sometimes you kind of think like god do I even is it even worth going out if yeah. there's like if you're gonna yeah. feel like that because we've all been in that situation I'm sure like you've been in that situation before yourself and it really it's extremely threatening at times like there's some we like I'm sure we've all been in some really sticky situations you know absolutely and I mean um, there's another academic uh, Fiona Vera Gray who talks about the safety work that women have to do that additional labor that you have to do thinking of your route um, calling your friends all of those mm-hmm. things and that's just extra time out of your day even extra mm-hmm. mental space yeah, you know exactly that, and sometimes and extra money too if yeah you're, if you're t- like want to get around the corner and you just have to get a taxi instead of walking at night like you know absolutely so um I wanted to I'm really stuck on this education piece I guess but this mm-hmm. is a slightly different angle um I'm really struck by the fact that your activism began with a university course um mm-hmm. and that allowed you to think about your experiences in a new and 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 different way throw mm-hmm. a different light on them um, has this experience made you reflect on your legal education and the importance of what's taught and how it's taught? 
Kristen, would you like to start yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were sitting in a coffee shop in the Netherlands when we first actually heard the term street harassment. And I guess we didn't really know what to think. I just, the only thing I could think of at the time was, I can't believe this has a name to it. And I think, why have we never been taught this? Or why have we never even heard of it? Because I feel like, we, I think here we're quite liberal. I don't know right. if we're liberal in the fullest extent, but I think especially doing a law degree, you are exposed to more than a lot of other people who are doing their courses and things like that. So when we did come back, we really wanted to raise that awareness. But I think, um, yeah, the, the education side of it, I would agree. I think w- there is such an element here where students can and should look beyond what they're being taught and then maybe this is an opportunity for universities as well to see that there is a gap as well and maybe we should be even more broadly thinking of what we can bring in because just look if when we're taught this stuff and we see a gap we'll take the opportunity and we'll take it for you and we'll go Mm -hmm. straight to Stormont and we'll try and do what we can and I think there is a sense there's a lot of energy within students too you're you're young you're trying to find your way you don't know exactly what you want to do in your career you're you're almost a bit stuck too because you're Mm -hmm. confused about what you want to do and you're still trying to figure out do I want to be a lawyer do I want to go into corporate law firm you don't know yet but I think when you really have a passionate issue that you want to get to the bottom of and you something just really resonates with you and you see something within your society that you really want to you want to fix and change Mm -hmm. you try you definitely try and I think we we have definitely been given this opportunity but that wasn't through the university we started in it was actually in Erasmus University Mm -hmm. Um, so I think there is definitely something to take back from this too to our own university that there's a lot of there's Uh a lot of activism that can be done and should be done as well definitely it definitely shows there's definitely a gap there to teach more broadly in law and look at other countries Mm because that is how that's how you change the law here you look at other models and you see what's working in other countries and I think looking at more kind of maybe niche issues like street harassment and things along those lines looking at other models like the fact that that was a criminal offence we couldn't believe it that it's illegal in parts of the Netherlands right. and it's illegal when you look into it it's illegal in quite a lot of places actually mm-hmm. Canada um, Portugal Belgium yeah where else I think that's it Rotterdam and is Rotterdam. one of the places in the Netherlands um, and mm-hmm. I think a few others are trying to get legislation yeah. push forward even England and Wales but yeah it's all kind of it's at the beginning of it as well and I think yeah. there was also an element that we live in Northern Ireland we're very aware of the political situation in Northern Ireland but we're also very aware that we're quite often left behind mm-hmm. and I think that's really something we didn't want to happen we could mm-hmm. see that England and Wales have a campaign called Our Streets Now and we really saw that they were moving quite quickly mm-hmm. and they were getting a lot of support mm-hmm. And but they're only doing it for England and Wales what happens then mm-hmm. yet again Northern Ireland is left behind so I think we took that on board too and we felt yeah. if no one else does it we have to do it then yeah. I'd um, say that's definitely probably one of our biggest driving forces behind yeah. the campaign that we just we want to see the streets safe here yeah. as well like you just don't you don't want to see Northern Ireland left behind I think when to, like, we're two dairy girls I think when you love yeah. Northern yeah. Ireland so much you yeah. just want the best and you just I think yeah. I think that's why especially like Northern Ireland breeds such amazing activists too because there is that such a passion that like no we want the best for here like we want here to get yeah. equal opportunities to everywhere else so I'd say that is definitely like a big part exactly. of it too and I think the response from everyone just shows that they want it as well it's, it's not as if it's not being well received it is yeah. so there is people can be activists they can go away they can find a gap in the law they can bring it back and they can do all this yeah. but mm-hmm. I think if it was taught in universities as well it might be 
a greater incentive to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. No, I think it's really interesting what you're saying. I mean, first of all, that there are other models out there and mm-hmm. that we need to look further afield, not mm-hmm. even that much further afield if, you know, there's a campaign in England and Wales, as mm-hmm. you were saying, but other models in other countries, you know, it doesn't, it's not that hard to, to look and see what other countries are doing. Yeah. Um, and just even from my own perspective, as somebody who is sort of immersed in feminist legal theory at the moment, mm-hmm. it makes me a little bit sad that you didn't get um, taught that in first year, second mm-hmm. year, third year, you know, that, that that isn't a part of your of your law degree. Definitely. You know? I think there's some, when you get to the third year, there's some great opportunities. I did right. a great module in regulating commercial sex this okay. year, which I absolutely loved. And I think that's great to learn things like that. But I think bringing it in earlier is useful too, because you do kind of have to wait until you're almost at the end of your degree to kind of be getting the opportunity to learn these things. So I think integrating them in the yeah. whole way through is a good way to do it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And it takes a bit of creativity and a bit of initiative as well. Like, I think you have to have the drive there. But I think for the many students that come through Queen's University, I think this is something that could really take off. I think if we were all to take parts of the law and yeah. take a problem of the world, we could sort it out in no time. But, I know, yes. but God knows what this place would be like if we all, <laughs> if everyone got a chance to do something. Like, there'd be nothing. I know, nothing this is so exciting. I, there's I so much that we could, places we could go from here. I know. Um, so listen, I just wanted to turn at the end to talk about um, how your campaign has has been moving forward and how you've been invited to speak with ministers and um, uh, at Stormont. And I know you've recently had a meeting with them. So mm-hmm. if you could just talk a little bit about how that went and how it was received. Mm-hmm. Um, Kristen, if you want to yeah, start. I might even take us back to the yeah. very first moment when we were introduced today in Long because it was actually Hannah. Um, Hannah got an email, Three Queens. Mm-hmm, um, it was Three Queens, yeah. And it okay. was the Literific and they were holding an event online and it was, they had said that Naomi Long was going to be there. So eyes perked off. We thought, great, we'll just, we'll just add ourselves to the list. So uh-huh. we thought, great, we'll prepare a little something just to say to her and we'll talk about street harassment and see what she thinks. So it just turned out that there wasn't actually a lot of people who turned up to that event. So we pretty much had... Space. The whole space, yeah. the whole platform to really get her and really talk about mm-hmm. these issues. And she was so receptive herself and she agreed. She felt, you know, you're absolutely right. Street harassment is a problem. Um, so we asked her, we would love a meeting with you. Could we set that up? Um, mm-hmm. We exchanged email addresses and we got in contact her, with her then. So that was the very beginning. That's how we actually... Right told her about the campaign, we introduced ourselves and we really made it aware that we wanted um, a meeting with her. Mm -hmm. So it was probably about a month later, Mm -hmm. we got an email through um, and that street safety meeting had been set up with a few other women's organisations like Women's Aid and Rainbow Project and things like that. So um, we prepared something again, talking about um, how we wanted to criminalise it, how we wanted the education to be involved. Um, So we had a chance to speak to her there and it was on Zoom. It's Naomi Long, it was Brian Grismick, who we also met in Stormont the other day, um, and a few other specialists and the women's groups as well. But um, we did get to talk a wee bit, but mm-hmm. we didn't really get to speak as much as we would have liked to. Mm-hmm. Again, I think myself and Hannah are very aware of our age when we go into these things, mm-hmm. and it's quite daunting and it's Absolutely. it's very scary going in when you're just kind of still in university and you don't really want to say the wrong thing in front of these really important people. Yeah. So we said what we had to, we got our points across, but I think after it we felt we really, really wanted to talk again and we really wanted to make it clear that this is our campaign and this is what we want. So we did a follow-up email after that meeting and we asked, could we have another meeting with you? Um, we really want to talk again about maybe criminalising this um 
this issue. So we emailed Naomi Long and she got back to us and she said, unfortunately, due to like times and events, I'm busy, but you can definitely talk to the deputy director. So that's how we actually then had the meeting set up with Brian Grismick, um, mm-hmm. which took place on Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah, it's Thursday yeah. now. So. Um, so we had that meeting, went to Stormont and uh, I let Hannah talk about Stormont. I know, it was great. We got our sits on, the power sits on and we were ready to go. <laughs> well like, done. Got our wee tote bags, our street harassment yes. tote bags and we were ready to go. But um, it went great. We are so lucky that you have to laugh. Like at the start of the campaign, me and Chris were trying to go straight to the top and we were tweeting <laughs> now we long all yeah. the time. Like I think we were like a month in, we were tweeting her like can you meet with us can you meet with us and obviously just nothing because we were so new to it like of course she wasn't seeing anything so we were so we actually are so grateful for queens for having that event with her because that really was i don't think we would we definitely wouldn't be here if we hadn't have got that because it was a really really good way of kind of making ourselves known because it is difficult sometimes you can't just like tweet people you know and hope that they're going to come back to you so that was a great opportunity but we are really lucky that we do have a great relationship now with the Department of Justice and they really do, they really give us time and space and really listen and take everything on board. But we had that meeting on Tuesday and it went really, really well. We kind of have come to the decision that we need. There's been no, there's no research on this at all in Ireland. There's never been research, like no one's ever done anything. So our next step now is we want to do quite broad scale research and really pinpoint where exactly things, where exa- what exactly is it we need to pick up on. Um, but there is a stocking bill coming in now soon. Um, so, of course, that's going to cover the more serious forms of street harassment, stalking. Yeah. Um, so that's, we're delighted to see that and we're yeah. really hoping that well, it goes through. Goes through yeah. Yeah. I think well, the way um, the deputy director explained it to us was that the more extreme forms, and just for clarity's sake, so learned stalking, especially, um, of course, under the stalking bill, will be addressed. Um, and the warden, we actually sat down and looked at legislation too, and we are quite in favour of the Canadian model mm-hmm. that criminalises street harassment. So we asked him, would you have a look at the warden and tell us what you think? Um, and he had a look and he said, this is very like the stalking bill, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, however, the stalking bill has not gone through yet. I think there's a lot of political issues at the minute, as mm. you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a bit of a halt on whether that will go through or not. But if so, that would be great news for us because it means the more extreme forms will be criminalised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then taking it back to the less extreme forms, um, as Hannah said, this topic is, comp- there is no research. There's absolutely none. Nothing. And I think it's a great incentive for us to take on board to really find someone who is willing to do the research. And that's really going to be our next move mm-hmm. is to get that sound evidence to bring mm-hmm. back and see if it is worthy of criminalisation. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't want to criminalise criminalize something if it doesn't need to be. But that is our goal because we personally believe it should be. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what we'll be doing in the next few months, especially. Mm-hmm. And definitely continuing with... I feel like we went straight to the top, but we need to kind of take it back and off. Yeah. Go to local councils, local yeah, politicians. Right. I think we were going. We honestly did just go straight to the top. A I don't know. Ambitious. <laughs> I don't, straight to the top. Don't know. Um, don't know what that says about us. Like, yeah. but I don't know. <laughs> honestly, so they're kind of like I'd scale it back, get back down. Yes. And so definitely keep keep lobbying and keeping yeah. meeting, having all these meetings and meeting great people as well. We've yeah. met like some amazing people in the past year and amazing, and everyone has been so good to us. I wish I could report on something, but I yeah. we've only been welcomed within this kind of realm of things honestly like people have been so good to us and the thing about the Department of Justice as well they're they want us to come back they want to see us again they Mm -hmm. want to keep engaging in these kind of conversations which is really good and it's Mm -hmm. really it keeps us going because if we were kind of shut down at the get-go I don't know if we would we'd Mm -hmm. find it quite hard to keep going but I think because everyone has been so good to us Mm -hmm. it pushes us further and motivates us because it'd be quite easy for us to fall apart if we were told no definitely, so yeah but I think the future definitely looks 
bright though like Definitely, I can't wait to see yeah. what happens in the next year even though even a year on because so much does yeah because change. we've not even been doing this for a year we started we were actually trying to work it out today and we started on the 5th of August in a little coffee shop yeah. in Derry our favourite coffee yeah. shop <laughs> we're coffee connoisseurs as well of course I know um, but yes we were sitting down and we were thinking it's not even been it's a year, even a year. And we've we've got we've achieved so much already I know if but, you told um, us last year like we'd be yeah. like, getting invited up to Stormont and doing all these things even honestly you wouldn't even believe it we so did. it does it just shows you the power of speaking up and like yeah. if you're given the tools and using the tools and going yeah. out there and, and applying them the to your life social media as well especially yeah, because we started this project during covid so you can meet up with anyone right. this was all online mm-hmm. and it just shows you if you have an issue and again if you make it look pretty on instagram people yeah. do tend to look at it and reach out to it and interact with it so that really was something that we did over covid and kind of succeeded I guess yeah. so something positive to take from I know. Positive. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. it's probably it's one of the only things to be absolutely. fair well there's so there's so much there um so many things that are interesting and I could keep talking to you guys forever mm-hmm. um because I think there's a lot that's really interesting around social media I think there's things that are interesting around um data and research as activism yeah. um which is which is something that doesn't sound really exciting it's not sort of out on the street protest but actually mm-hmm. like you say um without the data it's very hard to 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 yeah. to reinforce or legitimize some of your points exactly um so that's really interesting as well and I'm really excited about the um critical le- le- sorry critical legal theory courses we're all going to start taking at Queen's. I know. We'll be eating them. (laughs) Exactly. But um, I really hope that we get to have you guys back so that we can hear more about how this has progressed and where we where it's gone from here. Uh, But thank you so much for coming and speaking about your experiences. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for having us. It's great. It's been great. (laughs) 